Welcome back to the Cardinal Newman Society podcast. I am your host, Kevin Murphy. We are joined today again by Dr. Denise Donahue. As we heard previously about Denise's conversion to the Catholic faith and her creation of Catholic schools to meet Catholic education needs, today she's going to share all about the documents and the tools that we have amassed to help people like Denise have great, faithful Catholic education for their students and their kids. So 2014, Denise, you and and Dan Guernsey both come into the Cardinal Newman Society, and you start to produce materials with the with the goal of helping Catholic educators improve. Yeah. Really, right? I mean, and then eventually, and we just had a session with Kelly Solomon, eventually then, if they follow all the things that you've talked about, they can become Newman Guide recommended. And then people have a real selling tool for their school, right? To really distinguish them. They no longer have to say, hey, we're we're better than the public school or just as good as the public school. They can say they're Newman Guide recommended, which brings them to a whole new level. Now, where do people go right now, Denise, to get the stuff that you've produced with Dan? Where's the best place to go? Yeah, it's on our website at Educator Resources. And really, it's a it's a treasure trove of different areas where educators, administrators, superintendents, professors can actually go and read about issues in contemporary society and how they affect Catholic education. We also have tools that they could use to improve their schools, self-assessment and reflection tool. We'll have an evaluation tool, but also our recognition program. When you look at the Newman Guide and you look at the Newman Guide for colleges, grad programs, and schools, I see this almost as like a like a mini accreditation in the sense that it's it's rigorous where the school has to really look internally at itself and see if they can attain the standards that the church actually has set for them. See, I think that's a key distinction, Denise, is many people will look at this and say, well, that's the Cardinal Newman Society doing that. Right. Well, it's not true. It's it's we took about two and a half years when I first came on board, and we reviewed all of the documents on Catholic education and actually created what we call the principles of Catholic identity and education. And if you know Archbishop Miller's five benchmarks of Catholic education, ours are, are very comparable. We actually have three more documents from the church that we've added to the principles of Catholic identity. We're all looking at the same documents, so it's not odd that we would come up with the same points that the church herself has come up with. But what we've done is we've created different materials based on different perspectives. So there's a board document where a board would actually ask itself questions along the lines of the five principles. A faculty would ask themselves questions along the same lines of the principles. There's a parent guide as well where a parent can go through the five principles of Catholic identity and look at a school that perhaps that they might want to choose for their child. And everything that we have done at the Cardinal Newman Society and Educator Resources really stems from the principles of Catholic identity. That's kind of the foundation of everything. Everything is built upon that foundation. Once you agree, you look at the principles of Catholic identity, in which there are five, 
then those five principles fuel everything else that lies ahead, right? And then you're moving down this scale, so to speak, and giving tools, giving ways to improve, giving things you can look for, such as curriculum standards. And then once you achieve those, you can become Newman Guide recommended. It's a long path. Now, now tell me about this as, a, as an educator. Let's say I'm out there and I'm an educator. What are you offering that nobody else is offering? Yeah, it's the Catholic Curriculum Standards and the Standards for Christian Anthropology. Now, the Standards for Christian Anthropology, we co-wrote with Rua Woods and Dr. Joan Kingsland, who was their moral theologian. And I think these are foundational for any school because they really, they're based on John Paul's, St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. And the issues that we're seeing today with critical race theory and gender ideology, those standards basically address those, and they start in kindergarten. So when you form a child from kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, and they're actually knowing and hearing how they relate to God in this Christian anthropology, they understand themselves as male and female. They understand marriage between a man and a woman. So they're, they're formed from day one. And so they can, when they hear this, this, these concepts that are so foreign to that mm. with critical race theory that everything is from, you know, based on race. Well, no, it's, it's from, you know, we're, we're all created as humanity with the same origin and the same common destiny. It's not that we're these factions fighting together and this power struggle. So they'll question that, you know, right off day one. So standards for Christian anthropology, you'll find that on our website and the, the Catholic curriculum standards, which are essential for a philosophical approach to Catholic education. And by that, I mean, we've embedded the transcendentals or the philosophical concepts of truth, beauty, and goodness within the Catholic curriculum standards so that, so that teachers actually can go deeper into those academic subjects based on... So you've kind of hit on that, Denise, and just tangentially there in your response. What words would you have for Catholic parents? Because you're Catholic parents. You said you had six children. You built schools help your kids access the best Catholic education. So today we're seeing really unprecedented assault on the Catholic faith, Catholic schools, legal battles, and some of those things people have adopted in so-called Catholic schools. So what are you offering a parent or what, did, what, would you, what advice would you give the parent to be looking for? And what are the tools you offer Catholic educators and parents that are on our site that would give them some comfort, that would give them a different direction than what the culture is calling them to? Yeah. So what I would say right now today is actually to look at all of our writings on critical race theory, because we're seeing, we're seeing that come into our Catholic schools under the label of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusivity. And that's been such a big market in higher education, you know, public schools, everything is DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusivity. But we've written quite a bit on this. The Catholic Church talks about this in their Catholic social teaching. And so that's what we advocate. If you have a DEI person in your Catholic school, I would, I, I would run. 
right. actually, I would I would take my child out of that school because what's happened is in those schools, and we've watched them, they become factioned and division happens because that's what diversity, equity, inclusivity and critical race theory is meant to do. It's meant to break groups into factions. It's it's meant to look at the oppressor and the oppressed. And instead of being a child made in the image and likeness of God, the child then sees themselves differently and God is then ushered out of the equation altogether, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's everyone has this identity about, you know, what they look like and who they are, male or female, and now this fluid sexuality. So there's there's these external constructs that are imposed upon the human person where the Catholic Church says, well, no, we're we're male and female, we're men and women, we're children of God. And the unity, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit, is not evident in those schools where DEI has been brought in. So, Denise, a, a person that's out there that that kind of sees what's happening, how do we make sure that that we can help them the best we can, right? And that is through all the tools that I think we have on the Cardinal Newman Society site, with cardinalnewmansociety.org. But if you go there, educator resources, as I said, it comprises the bulk of our website. I mean, we have so many documents and tools for guidance, for teachers, for superintendents, for principals, for parents. Anybody could go in there and look at this information to see. So, so Denise, the principles of Catholic identity set the foundation for the vision of Catholic education. Then a, a person reads them, and I think they're beautiful because they talk about imparting a Catholic worldview, being available to the sacraments, all the different things that you want to have as elements of a strong Catholic education. But then what? What comes after that? Yeah. So actually, we have a lot of tools. Administrators or educators can actually come in and use. The principles of Catholic identity are like the skeleton. And then we have created, probably over the past year, a set of policy standards for schools. And these policy standards are also based on church teaching. So when an administrator looks at the policy and they read the policy, it's not that we're, Cardinal Newman, telling them that this is what you need to do because we believe that this is what you need to do. It's what the church teaches that our Catholic schools should do. And and we hold a very staunch line with these policies. So schools who will maybe eventually be recognized by the Newman Society, we don't ask that they do these policy standards word for word, but we do ask that their policies align with these standards. So we have standards such as uh, literature and the art standard, formation of the human person in athletics, moral expectations for teachers, and those who work in the school. And you know, Denise, that's critically important because as you mentioned earlier, with the whole idea of people kind of and wrong outlooks on Catholic education penetrating our Catholic school system at times, through things like the literature, through things like athletics. One of the things we talked about with Kelly Solomon, vice president of our Newman Guide programs, is she was an athlete. I mean, I think it is, uh, especially when you're dealing with athletics, it's easy to forget the basics of your, of your Catholic faith 
when you're in competition. Right. Right? I mean, it yeah. is. And if you don't believe that, go to any rugby game yeah. around and you'll you'll see those things quickly fly out the window. But this idea of all the tools I really want to focus on, Denise, because if I'm an educator and I think that our school's our school's doing pretty good, you know, I think we're I think mm-hmm. I think people there have a right attitude and and I think we're doing pretty good. What would you say? Because Denise, you've seen all the schools around. I mean, you've been to these schools. You've seen what they do. You you know all the stuff that's working in the background. First of all, tell us what are some of those schools that you're seeing do things right? What really distinguishes them? First of all, that they have the right philosophy of education, because if you don't have that right, you'll not get education right. So those schools that really are doing a great job, and I'm thinking of one of them, if I could say it's St. Agnes in Minnesota. That's great. Wonderful school. You know, they really understand the human person and how to educate, and they hire teachers who are very well-formed themselves. And this is the most important thing is to find people who know and understand the Catholic faith and know what it means to be a witness and a a role model for our students. So uh, you were saying a little bit about how important the moral expectations are for our employees and that that whole document. It's, It's really the onus and it's a justice factor that a school really needs to articulate to its employees those moral framework and the moral behavior of the educator. And so we ha- we do that in our policy documents. We've actually written additional documents on moral expectations. See, now teachers. Denise, all of these pro- all of these products, all this intellectual content lies on the website cardinalnumasociety.org. You can you can go to our educator resources and use the drawdown menu and access all of these. Uh, as I said, hundreds of different documents. We'll be right back. In the meantime, our friend Monsignor James Shea, president of the University of Mary, has an important message. What I've needed and what I've needed from the very beginning were well-formed students from the wide world who would help to build a vibrant Catholic culture on our campus. And they've come and then they've built and those who have come after have built with them and for them and upon the work that they've done. And so it's been an exponential effect for us. We've, We've been able to establish deeper roots stronger moorings as a Catholic institution as a result of our association with the Newman Guide and the Cardinal Newman Society. But in addition to that, as we've done that, we've been able to build a stronger faculty. We've been able to build stronger programs that are more supportive of the church. And so it's been really astonishing and beautiful the way that the thing has taken off. Now, tell me, though, from a parent's perspective, Denise, Give me the, when you start seeing schools, I don't, because people don't get to travel and see schools a lot, so they may not have a good school in their area, as you didn't, Mm -hmm. right? Your whole story was it wasn't there, so you created one. What kind of positive kind of reinforcement could you give to the parents based on what you're seeing in Catholic education today? Yeah, so there's this whole new movement of classical education. And actually, Our Lady of Grace, when we started the high school, We started it with a classical methodology, and at that time, nobody knew what classical education was. It was like, how do I do this? But we we really wanted the best. What is it, Denise? What is classical education? So So, go ahead, because 
I, I, I know um, when I hear these, these terms, every industry has its own lingo, right? Education is no different. There are certain yeah. things where people and, and just state things, you know, even when we say something like Christian anthropology, yeah. people go, okay, Chris, well, let me see. So Christian and then anthropology, the study of, I mean, they don't know what that is. So what is a classical yeah. methodology? Yeah. So this is what we're seeing right now. It's actually a neoclassical methodology. It's a new approach to classical education. And it really is the Catholic schools coming back to who they were called to be from the very beginning. I mean, education is founded from a Catholic perspective. So Catholic liberal arts education is really... And liberal arts means that you are exposed to a number of different yeah. subjects, right? You're not, I mean, like when you get to college, people always talk about getting into a major, right? Right. But when you're in the the lower levels, you're exposed to a number of history, English, math, all those different things. That's a liberal arts education. Yeah, right? it's a core curriculum. It's, a, it's definitely a core curriculum in the liberal arts, which is exactly what you said. And down at the K-12 level now, what we're seeing is a classical approach basically based on Dorothy Sayer who kind of imposed this psychological developmental perspective of grammar, logic, and rhetoric, which is grammar is the younger age, logic is the middle school age, and then rhetoric is basically high school. But it can also be by the academic subject that you're le learning. And so that's, that's why I like to say it's a neoclassical, because that is not, when you go back into history and you look at the history of liberal arts education, we started with only grammar, and everyone, no matter what grade they were, actually started understanding the structure of grammar. And it was, again, building the, the framework of thinking properly and orderly and in a system. And then we went into logic, which is the understanding of concepts, and then rhetoric, which is the discussion of concepts. So, so it's a progression through a person's life where each of those things is embedded so that the finished product is a fully rounded, formed person. Yeah, exactly. Now, let me ask you, as a, a, when, you, when you see good schools today, and I know that you, you've often expressed that you come back, you see a good school, you're really excited about it. What are the hallmarks for that? A parent, somebody out there that's in the same predicament you were, Denise, they, didn't have, they don't have access to a school. Now, that could be that one's not close or one's close and it's not good. What are the positive things that you're seeing? And then what are the fruit from good Catholic schools? Yeah. So the things to look for would be that the faith is, you know, they say infused throughout all the curriculum. Well, that is what I was saying about teachers thinking with faith, teaching their, their students to think with faith. So it's not that they're using the same textbooks as the public school. Definitely, you know, there might be some of that overlap in maybe physics or science, you know, at the higher grades, but that they're purposefully infusing either the Catholic curriculum standards or standards that are very similar to that in every academic discipline. And so that should be very evident in the materials that the students are bringing home and how the students are talking so, you know, they, we want our students to think deeper and to be able to articulate that thinking. And when you're talking with a child about, oh, a certain subject, I, when, when 
students are able to look at you and they actually address an adult mm. face-to-face instead of kind of shying away or not wanting to say anything, where they're very verbal about their faith because they have internalized their faith and they can talk back to you about the catechism and what the church really believes. That's the fruit of a, of a good, well-formed Beautiful. Catholic education. And that is so important today because, again, I grew up going to a Catholic school. I used to joke and looking back on it, I said I colored pictures of Jesus. That was my... Yeah. Now, did we learn the faith? I didn't learn the faith the way I should have. Was I the best student? No. I mean, there might have been some things shared that I definitely overlooked or missed. But I can tell you, I don't think there were a lot of things, you know, told to me that were really solid, but they did give certain things, a moral formation. We learned uh, about the Ten Commandments. We, we, we went to Mass. It was always a treat to be able to serve or, or, or do something. There might be funerals even. I, I thought that was one of the greatest things yeah. we could do is serve yeah. a funeral. Yeah. You got to ride in with the priest, and it was just yeah. a very cool time. Now, those things seem to be lost. Yeah. I want to tell you a story about the fruit of, of Catholic education in a very faithful Catholic K-8 school that my children went to, talking about a funeral. So the, the children are out in the playground, and the playground is, you could see it from the front of the church, and the children knew that a funeral was going on. And when the casket was actually coming out and going into the car— Every student on that playground knelt. Mm. They knelt. Beautiful. And reverence. Beautiful. Yeah, see, that's the difference. There is the fruit. That's the difference between a general secular education and a Catholic education that's authentic. And we got to strive for that more and more. The beautiful thing that you've done with Dan and with Patrick and, and, and amassing these materials is that they're all there. It seems to be at every step. From the principles of Catholic identity as the foundation all the way through to the Newman Guide recommendation that's at the end to say this school's Newman Guide recommended. We walk with them on that journey, right? Yeah. And as a as an educator, whether you're an administrator, whether you're principal, whether you're superintendent, or whether you're a teacher, there's something at that site for you, right? Yeah, definitely. It starts with the principles. It goes through the policies. It goes through the Catholic curriculum standards, standards for Christian anthropology. We have evaluative tools for schools to use, a self-reflection tool. We're coming out with an evaluative tool here pretty soon. And those all help a school become a Newman Guide recognized school. Beautiful. I think that's what people can do so that they know they're not alone in it. You know, one of the beautiful things about your conversion story, Denise, is the sense of community. And those people rallied around you as you were building a school without even being Catholic, which I just find <laughs> to be the greatest story. But the idea was they rallied around you and they saw the beauty of that. And in the meantime, you then came in to the fullness of the yeah. faith as well. I think, that's, I think that's a testimony that I think all of our Catholic schools could aspire to, looking out for that and, and, a, and a way to do that. So, before we go, I want to just talk about a couple things coming up in 2023. I know that you're getting ready to announce some other tools. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah. So the first tool that should be out here fairly soon is the reflection and self-assessment tool for schools to use. It goes through the principles of Catholic identity. There's five different modules. 
And there's a set of questions that a school can ask itself. So it's going to be the administrator and the faculty, and they're going to sit perhaps in five different in-services. And they're going to look at specifically maybe integral formation, which is principle number four. And they're going to go through that, and they're going to find ways where they can improve. So this gives them the idea of asking questions, which then makes them say, are we doing that? Correct. And then they can say, we are or we are not. If we're not, we're going to fall short of our Newman Guide recommendation. But it also gives us, it's it's like being forewarned, forearmed, you know, equipped yeah. to be able to say, we need to shore this up. Yeah. And the great thing about this tool is that you can go back to it anytime. So you can pick up where you left off. But the thing is, is if, if you're going through an accreditation, there's usually a mission and identity committee. That committee can use this tool as an outside third-party assessment and say, we started here, these are the improvements that we've made, and we ended here. So perfect for an accreditation. So that's one of the products that's going to be coming out too. We want to also get to the idea of this year in 2023, our 30th anniversary year, the Cardinal Newman Society has taken the Newman Guide, and now we are offering that to the K-12 community. Tell us the importance of that. Yeah, so it's as rigorous as the Newman Guide College program is. So we ask schools to adhere to the principles of Catholic identity, to follow the policy standards, to use the Catholic curriculum standards in whole or part. We look at some of their internal operations. We look at the number of Catholic faculty that they have. So it's a, it's a smaller kind of self-assessment, but it's rigorous. And so the standard is very high to be a Newman Guide school. And the beauty about this, though, Denise, and we've, I think we've brushed up on that a little bit earlier. If you do this, you have an opportunity to competitively position your school compared to anything else. There's no need at that point to compare yourself to a secular school anymore. Right. Because if you go out and say, I am Newman Guide recommended, there are so many powerful things attached to that that would help distinguish you from any competitor in the field, right? Yeah, definitely. And we even have a flag. <laughs> that's right. I know that. I want to get some people to start flying those flags. We just got a new design on that. So that's going to be good. Well, Denise, any other tools coming up in 2023 that we need to be aware of? Yeah. So we hope to have our Catholic Identity Evaluation Tool, which is a much more rigorous internal evaluation. It's along the lines of an accreditation tool. It really looks into the nitty gritty of your operations, not only your sacraments, if you offer the sacraments, which most Catholic schools do that. That's the, our hallmark. But it goes into our internal policy. So that's just another tool that a superintendent or a bishop might want his schools to actually go through this evaluation. It's over 100 questions to hone in on their Catholic identity. Basically, that's what the, the tool looks for okay. is their Catholic identity. Excellent. 2023 promises to be an incredible year, I think, for the Cardinal Newman Society with the Newman Guide extending into the K-12 market. So now we're going K-12, we're going to colleges we're going to graduate programs. I mean, it is a seamless, faithful Catholic education that parents now have access to yeah. in a way that I don't think they've had before. So thank you for all your wonderful work to help make that happen. And we will soon have Dan Guernsey on as well to kind of talk a little bit more about that. 
I want you to continue to go to the Cardinal Newman Society site. That's cardinalnewmansociety.org. I want you to go under Educator Resources, and you can scroll down and find all of the, the tools and information that Denise has offered. And we'll, we'll look forward to having Denise on another program in the near future. God bless you, Denise. Thanks. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about how you can help promote and defend faithful Catholic education, go to cardinalnewmansociety.org. Also, if you're interested in promoting and defending faithful Catholic education wherever it is found, subscribe to the Cardinal Newman Society podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.